I know just like me and everybody else, y'all been keeping up with the whole BMF show, right? You know, there's this character called uh, named Lamar. He definitely gives Black Air Force One energy. We're going to be looking into his character and by proxy, we're going to talk about some things that maybe he does that society happening around the whole predator, uh, emotional predator and sexual predator. So stick around. Don't move. We'll catch you after the intro. Yo, Spades Gang, welcome to a brand new episode of the BK Spades Show. I am your host, the BK Spades, and I am here with my very lovely co-host. All right, Spades Gang, you know what the drill is. Do me a favor and head on over to www.thebkspadeshow.com. That's www.thebkspadeshow.com the bkspaceshow.com where you can get all the blogs all the videos all the audio and some really cool merch for sale like hoodies and shirts and and coffee mugs and all that good stuff more to come later with that but nova can you gotta do you gotta do the thing and tell them what they need to do for us head on over to apple podcast and leave us a rated review leave us those five stars you know and leave us a written review. Let us know which way to go. Which way to grow. Which way to grow. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have any suggestions that you may want to hear on the show, just leave it there. We're going to do right now is we're going to jump right into this episode because not only is it, I think, a really, really great idea to talk about Nova Kane. This is one of her babies, so I am going to defer a lot of this to her this episode. But I, I just want to say that this is actually our season finale. Yay! <sighs> Clappers. Whoa! I can't believe we've already made it here to the season finale. I feel like <laughs> those few months just flew on by. Technically, this is your one-year anniversary. Thank today. you. It is. Thank you. Thank you. So. I am extremely proud of the co-host, the host that you have become, because you went from being not really nervous. We all know you were that damn nervous, but you were slightly nervous. First of all, okay, (laughs) don't let don't let it fool you. If you go and listen back, if you want to, you know, I'm not forcing anybody, but you can tell the growth for sure. Right, you've come a long way in a year and i am extremely proud of you and still ecstatic to have you as my co-host for this adventure even though we're pulling into the third year now leaps and bounds where i was when you started so that's that's like amazing you're so natural okay thanks i get it from my bro that's right that's right (laughs) all right that's enough let me stop brown nosing for (laughs) no 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 not brown nosing at all, Brody. You just had to get that out there because it has been a journey for the both of us this whole year. Two Facts. seasons within a year, it has been a journey. And I feel like even from season three to season four, it's been a ch- huge change. I can't wait until season five starts. Oh, it's going to be a good one. We going I, up. I can almost guarantee it. We going up. 
Can't wait to come in with some new guests. We got episodes that we didn't get a chance to do because of time constraints and people scheduling starts. You know, we're going to have a really good fifth season, but we're going to get into that at the end of the show. Right now, we got to jump into this BMF conversation because everybody's watching this show. Like a lot of people, even I'm watching this show and, you know, (laughs) I don't like shows. Me, I'm like, no, no slaves. Uh, no drug culture. I'm I'm tired of it, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's my wife was watching the show, and I'm like, let me get it. what's what's going on. I'm laying in the bed sleep, and then I wake up. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. So <laughs> I don't I don't even know where to start with this show. You know what? Yes, I do. It's it's a show about Big Meech. If you know anything about Big Meech, mm-hmm. then we we already can pass this conversation because a lot of people know about Big Meech. He was a drug. Uh, Kingpin mm-hmm. went to jail, yada yada yada. He's still yada. incarcerated. He is still incarcerated, mm-hmm. isn't he? They're trying to free him now, mm-hmm. get him free, uh, but he doesn't have long on his sentence. I don't think at this point, no. I think he's released in twenty twenty eight, if I'm not mistaken. Something like that. Yeah. So yeah, he doesn't have. I mean, that much longer at this point, and I think he had a lot of freedom compared to how he was locked up. I don't know, honestly. Me personally, I don't know much of his story i do know he was a drug kingpin and i would love to learn more of his story from this episode and i've been googling a few things here and there you know but uh yeah i I think um i think finding websites and think pieces on big meech is important while watching the show because just like with documentaries and tv shows there is an element of truth a lot of truth there, but there's also this fantastical thing that writers like to do to make things um, seem bigger and better and more dangerous and more mm-hmm. thrilling than that than they actually was. So you know you have to be careful with that. But in saying that, looking at the character of Lamar within the show because he drives our narrative this week, mm. which, like I said in the intro, do really does give Black Air Force One energy like that's what everybody says everybody says gotta go what do you think about the character as a whole he gotta go uh i actually had this conversation earlier today he has to be gone before season two and if he makes it so until season two and a couple of episodes in i'm going to be shocked because at this point he is unhinged my man's out here um and spoiler alert I can't exactly tell you how long this conversation is going to go right now because I don't know and how far we're going to go with the spoilers, at least in regard to Lamar only. Yeah, um, Lamar only, right. It's not like I watch this show for every episode that has dropped every minute of the show. Let me just go ahead and put the disclaimer out there now. I'm only catching you know, bits and pieces. I'm in and out, walking in and out the room, that type of thing while my wife is watching. But I have been... I have been captivated by this Lamar character. I don't know how real he is. I don't know to what extent he actually done any of these things because that's not really the point of the episode to really focus on him, but we're focusing on him by proxy. So the first time I actually paid attention to the show was literally, I think he was in the bathroom with a hooker uh, or maybe a little bit before that. Oh, that was like or, episode one or two, maybe. Yeah, that wasn't a yeah. hooker. I think she worked there. Did she work there? 
Yeah, it was like they was at like some fast food restaurant or something. Yeah, he definitely paid for it though, right? And he had the homeboy with the fro. It look, I think he did pay for it, but yeah, that's why. But she like, definitely worked there. Wow, I see. I missed that detail. So that's why I came into the show and I seen this man. He was just out here, just literally just doing shit. Like, mm-hmm. okay, it. I'm about to spoil it. Spoiler alert! So he just got out of jail. He's supposed to be like this OG type of character and everything. Oh yeah, that's that right. All of the, that everybody on the street supposedly used to be scared of, but this new generation that's in the show right now they're not really scared of them i mean they're like oh yeah i heard about them huh whatever but they don't really care so he needed a crew so he basically took out you know the second in command and the crew the first in command we already know what happened to him and then um ever since he took over that crew he just been on a power trip you know yeah but after a while they were trying to the crew trying to figure out why they even following this guy who is he who called for you? So they flip on him. As soon as they flip on him, he loses it completely. He was already insane because before he, before uh, they flipped on him, what the hell happened? Of course, he oh, fucked no. the girl in the bathroom and then something else had happened. Oh, he beat up the second in command. Then something else had happened. Oh, he shot... He shot the brother. That's right. <laughs> so the dude with the fro that he been hanging with. Yeah, that was after everybody flipped on him. So, and that's what was crazy about the whole situation. Like the one person that still kind of got your back. I mean, he was going to run anyway, but you killed yeah. him. Yeah, he was leaving. But was this dude, like, were they friends or something? Because they seem to have a really good relationship. Uh, his name is Slick. And he... He knew, yeah, they did have some type of relationship before he went into jail and everything. But he was like a little bit younger because he's like a sort of an OG, but he's definitely given like bitch OG, if that makes sense. The dude that's gonna rat, gonna snitch and rat you out. When, no, no, when no, no. When, when he was younger, he was the bitch of the crew. But since he's been mm. in the game so long that he's regarded as an OG. But he's really not oh, okay, about okay. that. He's really not about that for real. I mean, he is, but he's not really. So yeah. So that's what he he's does. Giving. What he got to do to hang in? Yeah, he got to do right. Exactly. That's what he's given. So like, I was a little shocked. That scene was, you know, turned into memes all across the social media. Can, huh, first of all, this, let me tell you what pissed me off about that scene. Like, bruh, bruh, sir, you had a gun. Yeah. Like. Or, or you're not going to use it if you're going to have the damn thing and you was already having reservations about Lamar why yeah. didn't you just you know what I'm saying not that I, I yeah. you know, I'm saying in the show in the show you would think you know it, it ain't that hard to pull a gun out your waist and pull the trigger I guess I don't know and I completely forgot about the whole situation that he has with uh, Monique apparently Okay, who is Monique? That's his baby mother. You haven't seen there. No, no, exchange? no. For the, for the oh, people. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. So this weird, com- this weird thing that he has with Monique, that's his alleged baby mom, because she said a few times already that he's not her biological father, and he wants to be around the little girl, and he's like forcing himself on a little girl, and he popped up at this girl's school. Like it's just been too weird. Too weird. 
and, and I think that's a good segue into where we're going with this conversation because um, I did see the scene when he popped up at the girls' school unannounced, mm-hmm. you know, and it was a lot of emotion from him at that moment for the little girl. And I get that, you know, he thinks it's his kid. He loves this kid. He wants to see this kid. And I think that kind of plays into a little bit what we're going into. Yeah. Oh, and because this- I know, I know we don't like Lamar as a person, mm-hmm. but do you think the way he treats his baby mom or alleged. some of the situations alleged, but some of the situations within the show was on the account of her saying that it's not his kid because he had to hear this before now right yeah he knows that he really knows before that, we heard him yeah, yeah, yeah. he knows that he's not her dad like her father but he wants to be her dad so bad because it from my understanding they he doesn't have any children so yeah. he's probably one of those people that oh someone's calling me dad and they probably they had a relationship she had the daughter and when she was a little little girl she was probably going around calling her him daddy before he went to jail. Before he went to jail. Right. And see this and this is an issue for me here because I see this so much from single mom single moms that they get someone that they're talking to that's not the biological father. They don't marry these cats mm-hmm. or anything like that. And then they put these father personification onto him. And then you build a family and then he leaves and then now you're not family anymore. Like mm-hmm. you can't you can't do that to people because a you don't know how unstable they are and you know how people are when it comes down to their children and i'm not blaming her like for the whole situation i'm just saying that one moment that one thing may not have been the smartest thing to do especially because you don't know who you're dealing with obviously his mental health is not good it's gone he's not getting getting seen about he's not the best person in the world Mm -hmm. and this is the person you chose to tell your kid hey this is your father but you gotta realize though mental health at that time was not taken seriously in the black community at all you know we didn't mental health didn't become a thing until what these past 10 years maybe i don't even want to say 10 like the past four or five i literally was just talking to somebody the other day about their mental health and that they need to go see a therapist and they were giving me all types of reasonings of why um they were going through whatever it was they were going through except for agreeing that they need to go see so it's still a stigma there it's definitely a huge stigma still and i know we're not talking about mental health but i gotta say this real quick if your loved one tells you or suggests just therapy just know that your loved one just no longer know how to help you and they want better for you it's not an attack Nope. It is not be something out of malice. It's nothing but love. I really need everyone to understand that because we just want you to be better. That's it. That's all. So that's what I had to say about that real quick. That little tidbit. But, all right, back to Lamar ass. But what's crazy, though, is that when he got shot, because they did a drive by whatever, mm-hmm. this week's episode, and uh, he went to Monique's house with a gunshot wound. And she, he broke into her house. He ain't, he, so he was stalking the house at first, popping up mm-hmm. at the daughter's school mm-hmm. 
And then he got shot and broke into her house, trying to, you know, dress his wounds and everything. She comes. And that's not even to mention all the other stuff before, in between that, showing up at the house, causing arguments in the street, exactly. yelling at her, being possessive over her, and all being that. Being possessive stuff. over her, being possessive over her child. Like it was just yeah. a lot right there. So she gets, she comes home, and he just like assaults her. He like when you say slaps when... her, push her against the wall. Like I mean, like you know, one dumb push, yeah. like throw her into the wall. I should say super violent. Yeah, super violent. And then she fell. He grabbed her by the head, and it looked like he was about to like like bash her head in, but the daughter popped up. My man's got to go. Why? Why you gotta go? You can't be sitting there hitting on that woman like that. But at the same time, I don't know if she knew how aggressive he could be. Possibly. I mean, for me, it was red flags all over that bitch, though. Like he was popping up your popping at the door to school. Yeah, that was for me. That's the crazy part. Like I would never. I mean, I could do that now because you know. I'm, I'm with the person I'm with, but I'm saying like, if that wasn't the thing, I, you would have to, and we had bad terms, you know, you, you just don't have freedom like that when you're not with the family anymore, especially when you're not the biological parent, especially when they told he's, you that. He's exactly. He's not biological. So like, it's just crazy the way he just in and he infused himself into that relationship like he is literally trying to make it work even to the form of manipulation because i do remember after he um had sex with old girl in that restaurant he was having a conversation with slick where they were talking about how he was gonna get his girl back as in quotes yeah <laughs> What? Like they was like writing poetry or something like that, basically manipulating the situation to make her think that he's a changed man, but yeah. when in fact he was not, which is crazy. But while we're while we're talking about Lamar and all the crazy things he's doing as a predator, we have an article here from BelieveNet.com where it's called Eight Surprising Traits of Predatory People," and I'm almost pretty sure he hit most of these if not all so let's go through the characteristics you want me to read them off or you reading off i can read them off one of us got better just, reading skills we ain't gonna say who it let is let me just uh go to my handy dandy notebook over here because i don't have i don't have the two cool screens like dk i don't know what you're talking about i only got one screen all right so we are eight surprising traits of predatory people and of course, each one has like a explanation underneath it. But to save some time, we're just going to go for the main bulletins. Yeah. They are entitled. We already know what entitled people look like. So there's nothing really much that we got to say there. Yeah, Lamar is very entitled because he absolutely Super. thinks that his girl, well, his ex-girlfriend, is his girlfriend, no matter who she's talking to. Um, it was a guy, did he have him killed that mm. she was dealing with, that he was jealous that she was dealing with? Because of That was Meech. Was that Meech? It was somebody else too, wasn't it? Oh, oh, dang, I completely forgot. He tried to run Meech over when the first time he saw her, 
saw him come out of her house. I think that was like episode one. You're right. It was episode Meech. It was Meech. I think that was episode one, episode two, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. The man shows up like, you my woman, basically. And you can't talk Who's to- that coming out your house? Yeah, like- Boy, what? That was crazy. Again, his entire character up, is so- The way he showed up at B. Mickey's house, threatening Kato. The entitlement. Showing up at Kato's house. The entitlement. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. What's the next one on the list? They fake emotions. You just we, said we were just talking about how he was doing the poetry and trying to manipulate her and like writing these little passages, trying to make her think that he's changed. And in reality, he ain't changed at all. And see, that's the thing mm -hmm. about these type of people. They don't want to put in the work to make the change. Like they want you to believe they change and they want you to. They want to lie about it and then believe you to believe the lie. And once you don't believe the lie, it becomes a problem. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Next. Next on the list. They must be in control, so they could control an asshole. Oh, again, Lamar to a T. To a T. I mean, he literally was taking people out after he found out that he had no control over the group. No control over Slick. See what I'm saying? Wow. They cannot empathize. I wonder when they was writing his character, did they just look at this list? I don't know. I feel like they did, because I ain't seen not a piece of empathy out this man. None. <laughs> not one. None. They cannot. Not a little bit. No empathy from him. For what? They are they are personable. Mm. Oh, no. He tried to get personable with Slick at the at the fast food restaurant. True, true. And we look at it if you do pay attention to his character, he does seem to have another layer under there. It's just mm -hmm. all his other feats are so crazy that it overshadows that. But you do yeah. have to be some sort of personable to have some sort of friend. So, yeah. And to be able to fully manipulate someone, you do have to be some type of personable. True. I don't even think that's the correct way of saying it, by the way. I think we're just messing that up. What? Some sort of personable. I think I just said that. I don't know. That oh, right. that's what you said. Oh, I didn't even say it. <laughs> See what had happened was. They act as a victim. Oh, Ooh, that's the Jesus. one right there. Oh, mm. when you know people that does this, that like the people that do this, like all the time, where a situation will happen that they caused, and then you go to tell them that, hey, yo, you offended me, and then they get mad because oh. you offended by the actions that they did. Oh, yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that's that's one for a few people. They for a few. Mm, they are never wrong. Name one time Lamar was like, "That's my bad." <laughs> Not many. Everything is his way, the right way, and if you oppose to that, you you're the fuck up. And the last one is going to be, they have low self worth. True, true. You know, I'm starting to notice that every time we do a list and we dig into predatory behavior or what was the uh, the one episode we did a few weeks back? Uh, we had another list. I can't think of exactly what it was at the moment for some reason. It slips my mind. It was the um, alpha male. Was it the, we did that with the alpha male. Um, mm -hmm. It was one more episode we did. We were talking about relationships. 
I can't remember, but I don't know. This this season has been so lit. It's, it's been a bird. We talked about up. a lot of stuff. Oh, we talked about the side piece. Just not last side week, piece. but the week before last. The side piece. That's what it was. The side and piece. the the self esteem definitely came up, and a lot of these situations and issues usually stem from childhood hurt, some sort of trauma. And or self worth or both, you know, uh, one yeah. leads into the other, which is crazy. A lot of the li- a lot of the different lists that we've done, even when we like touched on like um, domestic about, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is actually touching on a lot of things we've already talked about. Even the domestic abuse episode, yeah, where you know having that self worth, having that um, self esteem, having high self esteem, you have to. For a lot of these situations. Yeah. Whether uh, whether you're their perpetrator or the victim. Um yeah. which is crazy. It's it's not crazy, it's just it's just weird that there's that's the link, like one of the major links to all of these issues and situations. Your self worth yeah. is so important. And I think it's so important when you have children to build up their self worth so they can see the signs of people manipulating them. Or, you know, because a lot of times they won't see a predator coming. That's you true. know, we didn't know this either. And, this, and right now, we're just talking, right now at this very moment, we're just sticking on the emotional praying part of, of being a predator. So you can be an emotional predator to your friends. Yeah. To your family, you know, to your coworkers. You could be an emotional predator to a lot of different relationships. And I feel like those characteristics actually stand out. You know, Lamar is like the extreme version yeah. of any emotional predator. But there's also those those emotional predators that uh, like to prey on you when, you know, they automatically know something wrong going on in your life, but they can't add to you when you're happy. You know, yeah. that's emotionally praying. Telling them something about yourself and then they come through with another situation and then it just kind of hijacks yeah. a little bit, you know. They do that. Yeah, we talked about that at Hannah's episode. We did. We did. So mm-hmm. these emotional uh, predatory behaviors are, like you said, Lamar is just an extreme case. It doesn't always have to be violence or abusive. It's just how you manipulate a person, a person emotionally. And a lot of times we use our emotions to manipulate other people in situations so that the situation that go in our favor. Yeah. Very true. So, you know, you just have to be careful. You have to see the signs and you have to be able to combat those signs. That's very true. But let's segue a little bit because a lot of predatory behavior is sexual behavior. And I do want to talk about that while we are in this conversation now. So we definitely have another article. And... We're gonna we're gonna dig deep into sexual uh, predators a little bit because we see this all the time. We see people just normally idolizing sexual predators and TV characters. Uh, music, music. Oh, like oh, my favorite one, and we're gonna slip into the anime round for a second. Oh. You know where I'm going with this, Master Roshi from Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, you know the character. Dragon Ball Super. Ball-headed guy, glasses, turtle, hermit. 
Oh, the turtle and I think he was at his worst in Dragon Ball because, yes. and, I, and I know we're going to get the argument of, well, this is the culture and time period. I get that, but that does not excuse the fact that he is and still is a sexual predator. It's just, it is what it is. And this character is beloved by a lot of people. And at one point, I was a Master Roshi fan. I was ignoring all his sexual predatory behavior and just sticking to what the core of the character was. But you kind of can't do that with these figures in media because then you have situations where you grow up and now you have people that's idolizing the Joker and Harley Quinn or mm -hmm. any other crazy relationship like that as relationship goes. And then I know that seems like it's cartoons and comic books and people don't do that stuff in real life. But a lot of times people take these relationships from that they've been shipping all their lives in their comic books and in their spare time and writing fan fiction about, and then they look for that relationship in their real lives. It's no different than when a little boy see porn and then they grow up thinking this is exactly how things are supposed right. to go. It's the same way. Right. And then you go and you get this partner and then you find out, oh, this is, you know, he got this personality and he's this bad boy. And he's this and he's that and he's this. And then it turns out he's disrespectful, violent, and emotional, uh, an emotional distraught person. And now he's putting that stuff on you as well. Now you're just a miserable person, you know? So I, yeah. I know that was a long way to get there, but I was going somewhere with it. I was going to get there. No, you made it there. You made it there. You made it there. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah. So, do you want to read the article or? <laughs> you were not. I actually did. You saw how I reacted. Yeah, I, I was like, "Oh, you weren't ready, my bad." <laughs> I had to. I had to get my handy dandy notebook again. Uh, 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 don't say that. Mm -mm, don't do that. <laughs> All right. We ain't trying to get a flag. All right. <laughs> we ain't trying to get flagged over here. So we're going to dive right into the signs of a sexual predator. This is straight from WebMD.com. What is a sexual predator? A sexual predator is a person who seeks out sexual contact with another person in a predatory or abusive manner. People who are sexual predators may or may not have committed sex crimes, like sexual harassment, assault, rape, and pedophilia. But all sexual predators have sought out inappropriate contact in one way or another. Those who exploit others in a sexual manner may not be just seeking sex. Rather, they see sex as a form of dominance and control. While some sexual predators attempt to exploit adult victims, many are child sexual predators. These abusers have a distinct sexual preference for children. They look for minors, typically prepubescent, and will build trust with their victim as a form of grooming. Hold on, before you go, right. yeah, let's stop right there because if you go back and we talked about those eight surprising traits of uh -huh. emotional predators, mm -hmm. all of that reads right into sexual predators. Yeah. Like it's basically, yeah. it, it, it goes hand in hand. And now we're not, I'm not saying just because you emo you're an emotional predator, that you are a sexual predator, but it's no surprise to me that these behaviors are similar. Yeah. 
So WebMD also has like a list of what a sexual predator is. But a lot of it definitely goes into like child praying as well. But I'm going to just read the list. Number one, associating with children. A sexual predator with a particular interest in children may show a preference for associating with grade school, middle school, or high school age children. They may have few friendships of their own age or have unusually close friendships with children. Mm. Creating dependency. A sexual predator may begin manipulating their chosen victim to create dependency and intimacy. In the beginning, they may be very attentive, showering the individual with gifts, praise, phone calls, and texts. So that's the manipulation part right there. Yeah. Pr protect your kids, by the way. If yeah. you see people behaving children. this way around your children. Weird, right? Yeah, definitely Weird. red flags. Um, the next bulletin, using manipulative language. I love that how you just said that that was manipulative <laughs> and we go right into right? it. You may notice a potential sexual predator using manipulative language. They may insult or mock the victim on their behavior, appearance, clothes, friends, or other parts of their personal life. When challenged on this behavior, they may lie and twist the information, making the victim feel as though they are at fault. They may repeatedly focus on their own feelings in order to make the victim feel guilty for hurting them. Definitely gaslighting. How often have we seen that? A, a lot. How often have we seen that? A lot in a lot of different places. Listening to certain celebrity stories and all that good stuff as well. And it's so funny because they have like two, two, uh, each one is like two paragraphs, two, three paragraphs, but I'm just doing the first part, of course. But gaslighting is literally the next part that is right, <laughs> that's right there. <laughs> All right, number four, pushing physical and sexual boundaries. This is going to make me hold mad. On, hold on, hold I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe we should read where in that last sentence where it says gaslighting. Okay. okay I'll I read it real quick because it's not like I'm not looking at it too. So um, here it says gaslighting. Uh, the second sentence here. The goal of gaslighting is to force the victim to question their own memory or even their sanity in favor mm. of the abuser's versions of events. And I wanted to read that because it's gaslighting has become a part of the pop culture at this point. Mm -hmm. And you hear it so often. I figured we probably need to have some sort of a definition. So you just want, so you understand what it is, Space Game. All right, my bad. I'm glad that you read it because I completely understand gaslighting now. And I don't want to fight. And this number four is going to make me want to fight as well. Pushing physical and sexual boundaries. Sexual predators may push past healthy boundaries. This behavior may begin with seemingly innocent touches on the back, hand, or leg. But it may escalate to inappropriate touching on the thigh, near the genitals, or on breast or even fondling without the person's consent. Whoa. So any type of tension without the consent, no thank you. No thank you. Wow. Whoa. I didn't even realize that could start that but that makes sense. Cause they trying to like like they said, push those boundaries, see how far they can go. Yeah. 
Man, the way huge red flag, man. The way this, you know how many dudes I've had to tell, "Don't touch me," in my lifetime. Man, I will, I will admit, you ladies definitely have a rough time, and that's just putting it damn lightly, because, and I have these conversations often with people, and I see men being upset about when women don't pay attention to them in the street or why they don't talk to them in clubs and all that stuff. I'm like, the same way we get upset about white people saying and doing certain things because of the history that's there. It's the same way with women. They don't look at you in the street because if they look at you in the street, that means they got to talk to you. And if they got to talk to you, that raises the chance of them being hurt or disrespected because a lot of dudes, and it may not be you, but every woman that I know that you know, Every one of them just about have been walking somewhere in a mall, in a store, down the street. Down the street. And some guy, some random cat yells at them and don't even attempt to say, ma'am, miss, none of that. They, yo, yellow shirt or a girl with the hair or a girl with that with big old booty. Like every woman has been through that and it is annoying as hell, but that's not even the worst part. Because if a woman decides that, hey, no, I don't want to talk to you, then you become persuasive. And now you're like, well, why come you don't want to talk to me? Oh, and then she'll say, well, I have a boyfriend. And then you'll say, oh, well, can you have friends? And then she'll say no. And then now you're mad. Now it escalates to another level. And now you're like, well, why you got a nasty attitude? And I'm like, and she's like, well, I didn't have an attitude. I just said no. And you tried to ask me extra questions and now you calling her a bitch and you saying she's ugly and she is skank and all this type of stuff so there's there's endless videos on the internet where women ain't even go that far women would just say you know they're not interested a woman just lost her life all because she rejected a guy that's ludicrous there's a video there's a video outside of a new york store a woman rejected you know, a man. And he beat her up. Is that the guy that bit old, the lady in the face? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and this, it is hundreds of videos of this on the internet. It's hundreds. It's ridiculous. And Honestly, doing the research for this, I was like, I didn't even know which way to go, which, which part we're going to talk about, because there's so many different layers. And it's it's disheartening because of how much I even have to figure, like, think about and how I go out into the world. Like, most of the time, I don't even want to go out into the world by myself because I know the climate. And then the climate that we're in right now, we're getting close to Christmas, too. There's too many crazy people on the street. It is. I'm sorry for saying crazy. Sorry for saying crazy. But it's too much going on in the world right now. And then I got to think about not being protected by a fellow black person, especially by, especially my black men that I fight for on a daily that I'm, that I'm screaming for that I want better from. But you want to kill me because I don't want to give you my number. That's scary. I mean, and even I've seen people stalk delivery people stalk people that they're delivering to is it's crazy out here in these streets for women. Yeah. Like if you live by yourself and you're ordering delivery and the delivery person sees you and then he finds your Instagram and he looks up your name on your Facebook and then now he's texting you. I seen the video 
or a chain of messages where on Twitter, I believe, where the delivery guy wrote this girl on her, found her, asked her for her Instagram, wrote her on her Instagram, and then got upset when she wasn't replying to him. Like, what? Did you see the video where the girl had to run into her house because the dude was following her? And he was like singing to her through her dad going bring camera and stuff. This happened maybe about two, three months ago. I saw it on like the neighborhood talk. Yeah. These are just small examples yeah. of of things that happen. Just a, a small number of examples. And not to say that these are small incidents because they're big incidents. Because you never know what a person is going through. You never know what they've been through. And I and it it pisses me off sometimes when I see friends um have these statuses or share these articles about how women treat men. And I'm like, well, if men didn't perpetuate these situations and incidents, we probably wouldn't be going through this whole time period of, well, it's hard to talk to a female or females don't want to do this or women don't want to say this or women want to allow us to do this. I'm like, it's so much damage there, man. It's just so those, much damage. Those men that have those arguments don't know the history of the woman in America. We just was able to start voting in what, 1912 or something like that? Yeah. Like, you. How many people got grandparents, great grandparents that was alive at that time? Matter of fact, I think our president was, was parents were alive or something like that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, I don't. I just don't understand what. I just don't understand why people have have these arguments about how women are treating men. Yeah, women can prey on men. Yeah, women can do a lot of things when it comes to you know what men do to women. But what they cannot do, I have not seen yet, is a woman overpowering a man and killing him because he don't want to talk to her. Nah. And if it and if there are cases out there, tag me in them because I don't see them. But what I have seen is, um, of course, all this R. Kelly bullshit. Yeah. And how many people? And then what's pissing me off again is all these people talking about some. Oh, y'all want to talk about R. Kelly and all these uh, famous people, but why can't you tell on your brother? Why you can't t tell on your uncle? Why you can't tell on your cousin and all that on your daddy? Whatever they had said, that shit don't matter because what y'all going to do about it if she does tell? Not believe her? Yep. Yep. Oh, he can't, he can't possibly be like that because I don't see him that way. Everybody could be somebody different behind closed doors. Facts. Facts. And I just have a problem with, I have such a huge problem with these nonsense ass conversations about, oh, somebody's being sensitive because of somebody didn't agree with somebody's opinion. When we need to be talking about why, why sexual abuse still high? Why sexual preying on people high? Why are children being kidnapped? being preyed on still so high why are these things such a huge problem but we no we don't want to talk about that we want to talk about fucking the baby and danny lee let me calm down let me calm down i saw that and i was like that's not important for me today fucking kyle rittenhouse is about to get off and nobody's caring about that there's way more pressing issues and such i feel like sexual praying is 
such a huge thing because I've been a victim to that shit. When I was 16 years old, matter of fact, right before I turned 16, I had moved into this neighborhood and this dude I used to see just like coming in from school, coming home from school, like going, going, going to school, whatever. I would always see him and I knew he was older. I knew he was older because I only seen him, you know, outside. He wasn't at my school. Mm -hmm. He wasn't at any of the school functions. And then one day he finally talked to me. He goes, how old are you? And I'm like, I'm 15. And he was like, when you turn 16. And I'm like, uh-huh. Well, just let me know when you turn 18. I saw that man like a whole year later. Are you close to turning 18 yet? I don't know where he came from. I couldn't tell you like which like people he ran with or whatever the case may be. I don't know nothing. Like every time he would just, he would literally pop out of thin air. Wow. And like, I didn't know if this man was following me. I didn't know if this man was waiting for me outside of school, but I made sure I never walked home by myself. Even though at the time where I was living was literally what, 1,200 feet from the school or something, 1,500, 2,000 well, something that's, like that's that. That's still a lot that's of still a lot of space. That's a lot of space to get anything can happen from that. And that's why like this situation is just, this topic itself is so hard. And to not even just that, like how many times I've had to sacrifice who I am just to please a man because I didn't want some bigger situation to happen. You was doing it out of your safety. I was doing it out of my safety. A lot of things. So, and reading that, reading that list, oh, we didn't even hit number five, but reading the emotional predator list uh, really hit home for me because it made me realize a lot of people that I was, thought I was attracted to or wanted me, they was preying on me. A lot of people saw how how vulnerable I could get, how naive I was. So they would prey on that, manipulate me, made me think that, oh, it's your fault that I'm acting like this. It's heavy, man. Second guessing my sanity. And it's crazy because number five is expressing jealousy and controlling behavior. <laughs> Should we? That's number five. Hold on, do we need to take a moment though? No, I'm good. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just tap my eyes. <laughs> just want to make sure you good before we continue. Yeah, I'm good. Sorry to happen to you, man. Yeah, young me and men. It's surprising that I'm not out here bashing men the way I see that the dudes be bashing the women out here. Some of the dudes that be bashing women, they're. Their feelings were just hurt. Did their fucking mom sell them the crack? I know people that happened that that happened to. Did their mom fucking touch on them? No, she just maybe their mom put them out at eighteen, nineteen, which is still pretty fucked up. But maybe their mom put them out at eighteen, nineteen, and said some hurtful shit to them. Yeah. And now it's oh, I hate all women. Or the one girl that got that cheated on him in fucking tenth grade. Now it's oh, I hate all women. If it's not a pressing issue, I don't see no point of bashing nobody. You're right. Absolutely right. 
us us men, we can be really topical about what upsets us. And and that's not to say that men don't have valid reasons sometimes, but a lot of times compared to what our female counterparts are going through, it's not as pressing as what they've been through. Like I've heard way more stories from you, mm-hmm. from other female friends where I can't even speak on my female friends' interactions. Those that's their stories, but I I feel like I carry some of their weight sometimes because they confided in me. You know what I'm saying? They confided in me on those situations and I felt that hurt. Yeah. And I could and I can't even imagine if something like that happened to me. I don't I don't know if I will be able to handle a lot of the things or, or even going through life if I would have been able to handle a lot of the things you or anyone else that I know have went through as we, I think on the last episode, we even talked about, um, how I felt about bringing my wife to the club because, you know, and not to make this about me, I'm just using this as an example because things that I've seen other women go through in those situations, you know, um, it's just, it, it feels like you guys always have something to look out for. Even I remember a moment when me and my friend was leaving a club in Anniston, Alabama, and it was this couple, they were at the uh, bar down the street. And as we're driving by, you know, old buddy just hauled off and just slapped her, you know? Mm-hmm. And we were like fresh out of high school. So these are grown 23, 40, I mean, 23, 30, whatever. And we're like, yo, do we, do we stop? Do we go back? You know? And it's the one moment that I regret the most because I didn't stop. We didn't stop. We kept going. I wasn't driving, but I feel like if I had to say it, no, let's stop and help her or let's call the police. But we were in the mentality at that time of that's none of our business, you know? And that moment really, really bothers me. Even it, it's like a, I don't want to say hunting. You, but you it, wanted, you felt like you should have stepped in. I most definitely do. Every time, every time I have these conversations, and it, it comes up for me about three, four times a year in my head. So going forward, you know, I have been a lot better about those situations because of that one situation. My mentality mentality is different because of that one situation. The one time I didn't stop. Mm-hmm. So when I see friends bashing women in a certain way, or you know, sometimes it's lighthearted stuff. But when y'all start getting, when they start getting into the deeper stuff, pay attention to me. If you ever see me on social media, you see I never reply to those things. You don't have the time, and plus. Yeah, a lot of those people are just speaking from some weird ass hurt that they've never grown from. Of course. Like I said, if it wasn't something that your mental, like pedophilia or drugs included, or she gave you up and she just was a shitty ass mom, then honestly, let it go. If somebody, if the girl, if the girl cheated on you and that's all she did, if she ain't cheat on you and burn you or gave you AIDS from it, let it go. Yeah. You got to let go of that hurt as a whole, you know? You got to let go of that hurt because that hurt can transform into something that's even worse. How many people? I, 
I want to know how many people have been hurt, didn't let go of that initial hurt, and probably turned into a sexual predator. Wow. Or an emotional predator. I could definitely see the emotional predator uh, sprout from that. Most definitely. It seems like such an easy thing to fall into. Very. All right. We are way off subject here. <laughs> it got a little heated in the middle right there. <laughs> it was a good conversation. Don't get me wrong. It had to be said. Yeah. It had to be said. But protect each other. Like, in this world that we live in, like, I just don't understand why people just don't want to protect each other. Like, yeah, we have our own religious beliefs. Yeah, we have our own political views. But if we could agree morally, then why not protect each other? Facts. I think that's a good button for that topic. Because we still have the rest of this list to get through. I believe mm -hmm, the list is over. Is it number five was done? Did we did we talk about that? We did. Yeah, expressing jealousy and controlling behavior. Yeah, that, well, because right before that, I had kind of went into that. Okay, so we're done with the list then. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> shut the hell up. Um, also, in this unless you, there was something you needed to say about. Number five. No, I actually don't. I think that's pretty self-explanatory, number five. Because yeah. we did cover that in the eight surprising traits. I guess that's a good place to end that conversation. This is the second time I've cried on the show, by the way. Is it? Is it the second? Mm -hmm. The first time we were talking about domestic abuse and I talked about my situation. You're right. I do remember that. That was a good episode, too. We always have good episodes, <laughs> not to my our, our own horn. The but... <laughs> just came out over there. Toot toot, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you guys. I don't know. Like, it's just, I don't know. When I started this journey with you, I just didn't expect me to fall in love this much with podcasting. Like, when I first agreed to it, I just was like, okay, whatever. Because, I mean, it was COVID. I wasn't doing shit with my life anyway. So. <laughs> So, like, come on, let's do it. And then I remember I told you straight up, I was like, I know nothing about podcasting. And you were like, just be you. And I guess that's the easiest thing I could do is be me. Yeah, yeah. You're so authentic. And and I am too. I don't want to be like, I'm not authentic. No, I'm... you're definitely super authentic. I think we're kindred spirits for sure. Definitely feels that way for sure. I'm for with sure. You. I'm with you on that. For sure, like we have too many interests that are the same. Like the commonality is uh, crazy. Uh, okay? We're family. Like, are you sure we're not siblings? I know, right? It's a, we're definitely family. We're definitely we're family, family from real somewhere. There's some blood in there somewhere because something something's not like making sense. It's like what, bro? Ain't no, ain't no freaking way. None. Ain't no freaking way. But um, space game. Um, we missed our anniversary the show's anniversary a few weeks back. So, you know, happy anniversary, Space Gang. <laughs> happy, happy anniversary, Space Gang. This is how you know we've had a hectic year. How the hell we missed the anniversary? I don't know. I was like, did we miss this? But wait, we've been talking about it was coming up back in October. We kept on saying it. We were, and things went like totally left. Not in like a complete bad way. It's just life keeps happening. Life keeps happening. We just got to 
this break is coming at the perfect time. <laughs> it is. I've never been in like, I need a break from like everything. I need a vacation, man. Like this is vacation for me. I've had a really this good time cool. doing season four. It was amazing. Um, I had a really good time doing the show so far. It's been amazing. Yes, Hope it has. Hopefully you've enjoyed it as well. Uh, if I ain't if I haven't been enjoying it, I would have told you by now. You know I would. You know I would. I was gonna say that's true. That's true as hell. Um, but thank you guys for being a part of this journey with us so far. It's been amazing. Mm-hmm. But do you have anything else to add before we end the show? I love you guys. You guys are my heart. Everybody that's sitting back, listen, whenever time you listen to it, whether it's when we drop it on a Friday, if it's an early release on a Thursday, I love you guys. Thank you for all of the continued support. And we can't wait to see you in season five. Facts. Oh, we got it. We got a game night coming up. Oh, yeah, that's right. I know we said the episodes are ending. The regular season is ending, but we are going to do a live game night like we always do. Pay attention to Twitter and Facebook at the BK Space Show and and Instagram as well at the BK Space Show. Um, We're probably going to try to shoehorn in a Christmas episode, too. So we'll see. We'll see about that one. But game night's definitely happening. After game night, we'll talk about the Christmas episode. How about that? But sounds like a plan to me. But I need you guys to do me a huge favor and head over. Just, wait, before you say that, before you say that, I'm gonna just call it now. Game night is gonna be the Christmas episode. <laughs> Christmas, Christmas at game night. Game night, Christmas. <laughs> yes, yes. Why not? You know sure. what? I like the idea. We'll see how this. See, we'll see how the schedule pans out. Let's see. All right, Space Gang, do me a huge favor and head over to www.thebkspadeshow.com. That's www.thebkspadeshow.com. <laughs> head over there because we got audio and video. We got merch and blogs waiting for you to go partake at the website. It's pretty, it's colorful. I work really hard on it. I do all that myself. so. It's an adventure. Nova King, let them know what else they need to do for us. Head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us that five-star rated review. That's five for them things, you know what I'm saying? They like them five stars. And leave us a written review so we know which way to go, which way to grow, which way to glow, and which... And, <laughs> and you can also leave any suggestions <laughs> that you may want to hear us talk about in our season five because we're wrapping this thing. Ah! Yeah, right. It's a celebration. I can't believe we made it's it. A celebration. But, um... It's a celebration. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so psyched. We really did that. Right. Thanks. That's really good stuff we've had. But um, I have been the BK Spades. This has been my very lovely co-host. Nova King, baby. And this has been the season finale of the BK Space Show. See you guys at game night and season five. Season five. We out.